0: Slow Burn Media and Bill Huffman present Who Killed, a podcast that provides a voice for the voiceless. Hello and welcome to episode 73 of Who Killed? I'm your host, Bill Huffman, and this is a Slow Burn Media podcast And on this week's episode, I will be talking with Sarah Turney, sister of Alyssa Turney, who has been missing for a number of years, and her sister has made it her mission to bring the person that she believes is responsible for her sister's demise to justice. And just this week, there was a billboard erected in Alyssa's honor, and hopefully that will bring some more attention to the case. And again, she also is a part of the Voices for Justice podcast and is wildly successful at that. She knows this case better than anybody, so I am just going to shut up and let you guys listen to part three of my conversation with the one and only Sarah Turney. You're filing all these briefs, paperwork, you're doing all this stuff, 2020 is coming to you. Was it during the production that you became doubtful of his innocence or when did that change? Or was it because I read differently, but not everybody has. So how did that go about?
1: Yeah, no, I get asked this all the time and there was really no one thing like it. It was kind of a culmination of everything. Um, So actually, like the day of the raid, you know, when when they came and arrested my dad for all the bombs. um. I remember yeah, go back to that.
0: Like, did they notify <laughs> they notified you about that, right? Or you got some notification? <laughs> How did this work? Did you write about? Because I I read something that you knew about it, or you were heading home, or you were doing something, you were trying to get there.
1: Yeah. So I just released the entire conversation um, uh, from that day with me and the police. So what happened was. Um, at this point I'm the family contact. Um, so I get notified of everything in the case. And, um, again, I'm 19. And so they call me and they say, come on down to the station. We have information about the case. And I'm like, hopeful. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, no problem. Like I have Spanish or whatever. Can we do it before that? And they're like, yeah, like no problem. You're definitely going to go back to school. Like they didn't say that, but you know what I'm getting at. Um, Mm -hmm. so I go down there and I'm all excited and you know, they can't see me for a while. And I'm like, what the fuck." And um, so I go back there and they essentially say, like, they give me a full rundown of the case. Like, if you would have asked me a year ago, I would have told you that this conversation was five minutes. And then I actually requested the audio from the police and I cannot believe they gave it to me, Uh, but they did. And it was um, a full rundown of the case and how they've exhausted every lead how it's not this guy and it's not her boyfriend and they don't think that she could have run away. And, you know, they say, oh, you know, Sarah, oftentimes the last person to see them is the person who's responsible, which is my dad. Um, And they keep telling me that she was sexually abused. And they tell me that um, I had a sister that I didn't know about that my father like refused to claim. And then they say, so we're executing some search warrants on your house.
0: Okay. And- Back to the sister that you didn't <laughs> know you had. <laughs> Yeah. That to make things crazy or anything. Did this sister actually exist?
1: I believe so. The police say that they know you just for never,
0: sure. They never notified you actually of who she was though?
1: I know who she is.
0: Oh, shit. Okay. Sorry. Um,
1: No, that's fine. I, I know who she is. I looked her up. That side of the family won't respond to my messages, which is completely understandable. I do not blame them at all. But I have seen a picture um and spoken with my brothers and yeah, we know who the girl is and it is a thousand percent her and um they don't seem to want to be involved and that's like I said, I'm I completely understand.
0: Yeah, that's just yeah, that was one of those things that I just didn't really I don't know, it's kinda of touchy subject. So
1: I don't know, <laughs> it's all it's all touchy the whole, you're the, fine. <laughs> I was just gonna say the whole
0: the whole thing's fucked up to begin with. So let's just you know be honest and call a spade a spade so yeah
1: there's um, so many of those things right we're like oh what about the shooting in the 70s what about the sister you didn't know about what about the rape and it's like you could just yeah you could jump around forever
0: oh god what about what was the shooting in the 70s again <laughs> <laughs> i mean this is how this is how crazy this thing this is why when we first talked i was like holy shit we got to have another one because this is just insane like yeah it's so, okay just give me a quick Quick recap, and a listener recap the shooting in the seventies that is somewhat questionable
1: sure um so my dad was a deputy sheriff in Arizona from nineteen seventy 1970 to nineteen seventy four and in nineteen seventy four his brother shot his wife um multiple times. It was an attempted murder, she did not die, thank goodness um and essentially, the police are aware you know in alyssa's investigation are aware um that my father tampered with the crime scene in some way. Um, something to do with the gun or uh, hiding the bullet, something to that effect. I can't remember exactly what it was. Um, But I've spoken to his brother also, and his brother says that um, he essentially tried to frame it as if the woman was attacking my uncle. Um, But yeah, so he was a deputy sheriff, and he tampered with this crime scene in some type of way and then um, resigned quickly after that.
0: Yeah, I would say four years after joining the police force is definitely a pretty short time span. Not seeking to get a pension if you're doing that. Okay.
1: Yeah, and there were no charges ever pressed. Ah,
0: well, isn't that convenient? hmm
1: Yeah, and he was also having an affair with that woman. Um, Like I said, you could you could go on forever. Um, oh, but yeah, so that's oh, the quick oh, overview. Oh, well, oh,
0: well, uh-huh. oh, oh, geez. Wow. uh, Gosh, so many wonderful things to, uh, so many avenues to go down that are just... It's a pattern pads. of behavior.
1: Well, <laughs> You know, it's it's a pattern of behavior which is why I bring it up in the podcast. It's not because I love talking about this poor woman who got shot or whatever, but if he was a police officer, you know, that says a lot about the case. And if he's covering up crime scenes, that also says a lot about the case in my eyes.
0: Yeah, I I think anybody that's seen anything in any television show or read about any corruption or inside dealings with Law enforcement, I mean, there is always going to be somebody that's going to kind of cover your back. And if, especially in the 70s, when you really don't have any records, I mean, you can, it's all about you writing mm-hmm. down whatever you saw. And that is what happened. That's it. So, you're oh, kind Oh, of, yeah.
1: Well, domestic abuse laws were extremely different, if not non-existent. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, it was not. Uh, <laughs> Not the time, unfortunately. It was not the, the era of the Me Too movement, and uh, it definitely was rough on the. Uh, sorry about that. I mean, I'm a man, so what am I going to do? I can't. Yeah, help. no, you're fine. But but I'm but it does. I mean, it sucks. I mean, that's that's just shitty that it had to be like that or was like that and all that stuff. But uh, so here we stand, and it's 2019,
1: 2020. Oh God. <laughs> I'll
0: edit that out, or no, I'll leave it <laughs> <in>. whatever. Anyway, <laughs> it's 2020. Shit, Hugh Downs, Barbara Walters. We're here in 2020, though, and your dad's free, or you know, not in jail. Because <laughs> if he did this, he's not technically free in his mind. Do you think that you'll be able to get enough media attention to get him brought up in the grand jury?
1: Yes. A thousand percent, yes.
0: Well, that makes doing what you're doing 100% worth it then.
1: (laughs) Well, I have to believe that way. You know what I mean? I can't leave any doubt in my mind. And... I'm not asking for anything crazy. This isn't a precedent. Like there have been so many nobody cases that have been tried in Maricopa County and in the United States. I mean dating back to I want to say I can't remember if it was county specific or US wide, but like one of the first cases was like back in the 50s with nobody cases. Like it's it's not new. I'm not asking for anything crazy. And although people like to say that there's no evidence, like I just highly disagree and yes, I'm biased and I'll be the first one to say that, but like Here's a man with a video library that spans 50 years, and we're looking at one specific day in which his daughter's missing. In addition to another day in which he says his daughter calls, mm-hmm. and those things are missing. Like all, it, it's almost like an absence of physical evidence. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I like, mean exactly. <laughs> yeah, it would be like if you went and got the mail every day at a certain time, and then the Tuesday of The month that your wife gets killed, you didn't go get the mail that day. But every day you got the mail, uh, I would say, yeah, it definitely fits a pattern of um, it breaks a pattern is what it does. Mm -hmm. And
1: look at Watergate. You know what I mean? Like that one (laughs) chunk of audio or whatever that was missing. Like that was a huge point in their case. Why can't we use the same thing here? Granted, it's not the White House and it's not the president. But the same rule applies. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I just think you know, that the same rules people the like, value of the evidence that we do it's have. It's weird how that is. That the same rules do apply to everybody, president or not. But no, yeah, I hope so. The Watergate example is a good example because it, it is definitely, oh, look at all this tape. And then all of a sudden, boom, the day that you're not talking about, mm, you're supposed to be talking about this and you're not, and there's nothing there.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: too many coincidences to say that it's, one thing than it is another
1: yeah Um, i mean it's just i feel like the police in the state right now have to make a decision if like what's the lesser of two evils for them this media thing getting bigger and not going away or them actually exposing what they might have done wrong in this case like i don't know what would be the best path for them but i have to feel that this is what they're debating because it's not whether or not my father is guilty like they've Believed this for a long time. He's been the only person of interest for over 10 years. There's been no other tips and no other leads. And the evidence just doesn't point anywhere else as much as I wish it did. It just doesn't. Um, So, yeah, they have to decide if they're willing to deal with people on their Instagram for the rest of their lives or if they really, really want all these missteps to come out in court. You know, they're going to have to answer to a lot. There were two FBI agents that came in and said, Why aren't you investigating this as a homicide? And both times they're like, dude, there's no body, no body, no crime. And that's just not the way it works.
0: No, you can definitely prosecute without a body. It's done all the time. it's definitely not something that isn't out of the ordinary. And uh, I could totally see it being done in this circumstance. Now, do you feel like there are people in the police force that are still kind of, I don't know. I mean, God, 74 was before i was even born so i mean i can't even imagine if there's even anybody that's able to still be around uh, but do you think his ties with the police force have hindered the investigation
1: i personally don't but i'm told by a lot of people that that could be a A thing and I don't know I like you said it was a really long time ago and he was there for only four years and from everything I've ever read like he was the most annoying person to work with that had no friends so it's not as if he was like this cool social butterfly that made a ton of contacts like growing up I never met a single person he worked with on the force like it 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 was never a thing like you barely remembered that he was a cop at one time it could be, but I lean more towards that the police don't want the investigation to come out because they they did a lot of things wrong in my opinion, you know? Like I always say had one officer come to our house on the day Alyssa went missing, looked up, pointed to the camera and said, What's that? This would have gone down totally different. They would have said, What do you mean you have surveillance from every day, but not this day? They would have started looking into him immediately, and that didn't happen. And it's a huge misstep, um, in addition to a million other things along the way.
0: Okay, so, you know, your dad's free. Uh, has he made any attempt to reach out and try to contact you in the years that he has been released from jail?
1: No. So in 2017, when he was released, um, I met up with him at a Starbucks and we talked in person and I asked him all the questions and we went over everything. Um, And then I spoke with him after CrimeCon last year. So it was June um, 2019. And when I called, he's like, who's this? Like he didn't even have my number saved. Um, So no, he hasn't reached out to contact me in any way.
0: Well, I guess there's a little bit of a benefit in that in the sense that he's not keeping tabs on you. but
1: um, Well, I, I wouldn't go that far because he talks to my brothers and, yeah, they, they talk about it. So he, he always, like, when I talked to him last, he's like, the first thing I do when I talk to your brothers is ask about how you are. Um, so I'm sure that he's trying to get information the way he can. And like, he knows where I live. You know, we wrote letters when he was in prison. I bought my home when I was 21. So my address hasn't changed. Um, so yeah, he knows where I live and I'm, I'm sure he keeps tabs in his own way.
0: Man, that's gotta be a a little bit of a nerve wracking, uh, existence.
1: Sometimes I waver between like, okay, if he tries to do something like, here's our evidence. Like, I feel like it's such a, a strong thing to have in court, which is so stupid and reckless and do not recommend to anyone listening. Um, But you know, I have those thoughts and I, I waver in between being mad and wishing he would. And then, yeah, sometimes when I'm alone and I hear a bump in the night, I think it could be him.
0: Yeah. I've, you know I'm fairly close with James runner. Who's a true crime author and uh, done many, many, many things on uh, Amy and Kelsey and, uh, Liberty and all those people. And, you know, he talks about, he's like, well, you know, the way I look at it is if they attack me, at least I know they're guilty. <laughs> I'm like,
1: oh. me and James Renner, man, he actually predicted something in this case. Little like, do people know. What's that? So, what's funny is I reached out to him um, because he predicted this accurately. Like, I was like, why are people freaking out? um and by people i mean one person that i don't want to mention honestly but um so he's when i reached out to him he was you know he was like interesting story or something like that and he goes how'd your mom die you know do you think your dad had anything to do with it and at the time i was like no no, no cancer like he's way off um but come to you know come a few years later i get a document And it shows that my mother died one day before her life insurance policy was due to lapse. And I spoke to an aunt that I hadn't spoken to in 25 years. And she tells me that um, they all believe that he, like, overdosed my mom on morphine Mm. in order to hit this deadline for the life insurance. So James Renner was, like, absolutely 1,000% correct. And, like, I will forever have respect for him for that.
0: From DNA testing to the Dixie Mafia. Wow! Yeah, I knowing that my like dad, what a
1: crazy prediction to make.
0: Yeah, knowing that my dad had cancer and died, and the, the amount of morphine pills that he had—I mean, you could have killed the neighborhood, you know, without even thinking about it. Just, just—I mean, it's just one of those things. It's just when you're in pain, they give you pain medication, and it's not that difficult to overdose somebody on morphine and have it just show up as you know. They had overdose on morphine, but they're also dying of cancers. So,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot that goes behind that, right? Like he requested specifically that there was no autopsy performed, mm. despite him wanting to sue for lung cancer for the tobacco companies. Like I said, it <sighs> she she died within 24 hours of her life insurance policy lapsing, and he knew that because he quit his job he quit his job and signed a paper that said that the health insurance will die you know will stop at this point and so will the life insurance um and then there's reports of like underdosing and overdosing and there's a bunch of weird statements and like when she died she freaked out and asked them to call 911 it wasn't as if she like gracefully left like you hear right. in a lot of stories she like literally uh, like my Aunt and my grandma stepped out for a cigarette and they came back in and she was freaking out and she had just been given a dose of morphine and um she was begging them to call 911.
0: Man, but yeah. yeah. But James Renner I,
1: predicted that and so like forever respect. Well and see, I'm like, call me the murderer. I don't care. Like I've had people say it was me before, and I'm like, awesome, tell do. everyone. <laughs> like, get let's get people talking about this. Like, I don't even care. Like, say whatever you want.
0: How old were you?
1: <laughs> Twelve exactly
0: <laughs> what the fuck are you going to do when you're 12 years old
1: no they're like sister looks shady as fuck Bet it was her and I oh. like died I died I was like I made it oh,
0: <laughs> well like we've got this ki- we had this kid that disappeared here for like two weeks and it was on the national news and it was all oh, the parents has got to be involved blah 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 and
1: ended oh, up yeah. finding oh, him in it.
0: a chimney
1: <clears throat> across oh. the
0: street
1: mm-hmm.
0: in an abandoned home and the thing is, people wanted to, like, and they continue, like, if you look it up on Twitter, they're like, you got to look into the blah, blah, blah. And I, somebody reached out to, like, The Vanished or something like that. And I, I don't know them personally, but I wrote back to that person. I was like, just to give you a heads up, this is a straight-up accident. Let the people that run that show focus on things that are actually nefarious because this isn't, and you shouldn't, like. Jump to conclusions, like, like yeah. there's no way that their parents or anybody could have taken this. You can't put somebody in a chimney. It's just, it just, it makes more sense that he climbed up. it, it Like there was basically like a ladder right next to it.
1: Yeah, people like to get excited. It's I know, but a it's downside. like it still,
0: but it still frustrates me to this yeah. day. Like even though it was a week ago or whatever, ten days ago, I'm just like, yeah, it's shady, but. What the fuck I mean I was a fourteen year old kid I did stupid stuff. I'm lucky to be alive i you know oh yeah, me too. I mean, man, have you ever seen the movie it like I glad I never saw that before I went in the sewers around here. jeez,
1: I was gonna say I used to go through like tunnels and stuff too, not sewers, but like freeway tunnels
0: exactly, same thing, same thing here, like freeway tunnels, not that like sewers sewers, not like uh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stuff, but like, <laughs> not know.
1: like water on the ground.
0: Yeah, no no no, <laughs> no, 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 no. We had water on the ground in some spots, so I guess it was technically, <laughs> ah, whatever. I don't know. What
1: the fuck? You're like, <laughs> let's not, let's not think about it. <laughs> no,
0: no, we had this thing. It was funny because, like, so down the down the creek from Hellhole was Twin Tunnels. Now Twin Tunnels. Were they, just like you imagine two tunnels next to each other. Um, think like uh California style, like uh concrete, just square, like straight through. Like, we would walk like a hundred feet in and it would get really black, and then it would start to go down, and we'd be like, Oh my god, we we'd turn around and we leave. <laughs> <laughs> And then one day, like this kid who was like a younger, that like a year younger than us, was like, "Oh, come on, just do it!" And we we're like, "Oh, we can't let this kid show us off." So, like, we did it, and it was like the crazy, like you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. It was so dark. It was yeah, fucking ridiculous. Like, like what are we doing? Like we're waiting for a storm surge to come through here and just kill us all. And uh,
1: <laughs> I've been there. Yeah, well.
0: Yeah. I mean, you, you take look, your
1: chances. You roll the dice.
0: You roll the dice. You try to make your. I mean, I'm a skier. I I remember skiing out of bounds in uh, Utah before the season even started. And the next day, in the same exact spot, a kid died. So it was like, Ooh. Well, just glad I wasn't in, in, you know, like we had talked about dropping in that side of the mountain. And oh, yeah. It was. Uh, yeah.
1: No, that's uh, so dangerous and scary. You're brave.
0: What's that? Just skiing. skiing. Oh hell, that's not...
1: I like hike, and I'm like nervous. It's fine. Oh no,
0: <laughs> skiing's awesome. Skiing's so much fun. Like my best friend used to be like the manager Bubba Gumps in in Breckenridge, and like he was you know college grad from Ohio, and just lived out there for like a decade. And I'd go out there and just be like skiing by myself basically and I'd look at the kids skis around me and I'd find somebody with good-looking skis somebody who's obviously a local and be like take me to the toughest spot on the mountain I haven't run yet it's so I'd be swim. like
1: where where are those kids at I'll be skiing there
0: <laughs> no I mean I didn't mean like a kid I meant like you know I meant like you know a badass <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah I I definitely uh no i there are a few things that I would consider myself an expert in and skiing is one of them, but, uh, yeah, skiing and sailing. Definitely.
1: Well, hell yeah. You can't just podcast. It'll drive you insane.
0: Especially if you just sit in a closet all day. That's the best thing about this business is that we're all out to hook everybody up. And, you know, like the whole thing about like slow Burn media, like the whole thing behind my company that like, started my company last year, but like basically just to give people a platform to discuss the cases that otherwise couldn't get discussed on, you know, mainstream media or uh, don't have a platform for it. And Anybody who's got an important story to be told, it's, I'm always cool with welcoming, welcoming into the family.
1: (laughs) I love that. That's awesome. We need more people like you in podcasting for sure.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I feel like an old man compared to the to some of the people but it's uh I'm I'm not I've worked in every medium of media so like I've done newspapers I've done radio I've done television I've done podcasting I've done blogging I've done you know like you name it I've done it so I just feel like I'm kind of at that point where it's time for it to all make sense
1: yeah I know you got to do it your own way for sure
0: time to connect the dots <laughs> You ever seen that Steve Jobs uh, inauguration speech from uh, Stanford? No, I haven't. It's only fourteen minutes of your time. <laughs> fourteen minutes of your time. Watch it after we get off, the, off the, off today. It's uh, y- you will feel empowered.
1: No, yeah, no, check it out.
0: It, it's it gives me chills. I mean, I I'm a huge Apple guy, but like, I love um, I love Steve Jobs in the sense of just. He's one of those people that was a total fuck up and but successful in the same breath and like fuck up in the fuck up in the in the sense that he was a fucked up person.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no, and I love stories like that. Like I, I probably consume more like business stuff than true crime stuff. To be honest, it's just like sure. I feel like you have to look to those people if you want to be successful. You, you have to look up. You can't look down. If you oh will.
0: god, no, no. I mean, my favorite. Oh, I could send you a list of the. The business books that I've read in the last year but like I love like I love reading books about like there's one thing about a combination of true crime and and business is like reading about all the white collar crime
1: yeah some swindled action oh
0: <laughs> I mean I can't get enough of the Enron thing like I even to this <laughs> day or too big to fail yeah geez like Wow, bunch of morons. And my dad was a banker when he was alive. You know, he was, I remember him being like, I have to go to Palm Beach and do some due diligence on these banks that National City bought, which was a bank around here. He's like, he'd come back like a week later and be like, nobody did any fucking due diligence.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, what the fuck did they just buy? Like, they're just all, it's all like fake. It's just, uh, it's yeah.
1: It's so insane
0: yeah yeah not to not to spend literally ten minutes going off the subject matter oh you're you're fine I like to do that on occasion just to because uh, i do that <laughs>
1: <laughs> no i like i like talking about the industry it's it's nice to do to be honest
0: yeah i mean the industry itself is in, i mean it's inter- it's interesting and it's changing, and like we're still at ground level i'd say. Maybe first floor, but still at ground level for the most part. I can't thank this week's sponsor enough, Podcorn. They make connecting podcasters with sponsorship opportunities such as host-read ads, topical discussions, interview segments, easy as possible. I've been working with them for a while now, and they are by far the easiest way to monetize your podcast. They have taken what had been a time-consuming part of the podcasting process and have made it easy for me to focus on what we as creators do best. Create. If you're looking for a way to get paid for the hard work that you put into your podcast, then look no further than Podcorn. You set the rate you believe to be fair and deal with the brands directly. There literally is no middleman. And at Podcorn, you will never give up any rights to your podcast. Their mission is to make sure creators like me are compensated in an appropriate manner. You can check them out on their website, podcorn.com. They have packages for podcasts of all sizes. And again, I can't thank them enough. For making my life easier. I've provided a link in the show notes as well so you can find out exactly what Podcorn can do for you. Anyway, all right, let's jump back in. Um, CrimeCon, I mean, being on Podcast Row last year when I was there, I just felt like I never had time to do anything.
1: The fortunate part about that was it wasn't my booth, so I was there with Missing Alyssa, and I was also very fortunate to have a lot of meetings with a lot of people and, you know, I I was being pulled everywhere, if you will. So I didn't spend a ton of time on Podcast Row. But we did have a live show. mover and shaker? Yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean, it resulted in zero deals, which was really (laughs) exciting for me. I really loved that for the case um, because it was like Dr. Oz and like, we'll get you on TV here and we'll get you on TV there. Oh my gosh, this is going to be great. And then I think they look into it and they're like, oh my gosh, this is kind of up in the air. It's like kind of a weird legal area to be speaking about this it's like too much of a risk for them to put me on dr oz or dr phil without like my dad there or whatever that's how i'm justifying it or maybe they just hate me and don't want to do it i don't know and i don't care but um yeah i didn't i didn't get to spend a lot of time doing that um but yeah i did i did a live show and i went to some meetups after um but i wasn't a podcaster then so i just kind of attended everything which was totally fine uh, but i would love to have some type of official meetup cuz i like, I have plenty of energy for these events. Um, it's just like the staying out till, like, 5 a.m. that I cannot hang. Oh, I'm so oh, no, boring. No,
0: no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. Stop that talk. I can't stay up till <laughs> 5 a.m. either. I mean, shit. If I, if I stayed up till 5 a.m., oh, I don't even want to talk about it. That would be the worst thing in the world. I I, I did
1: it. It was the worst thing in the world. Oh, you did <laughs> One I night, one
0: night, oh, it no. ruined CrimeCon. No, nope, I've, nope, I refused to do it. Been there, too old. Uh, not that I couldn't do it, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that. just because I said I was too old, didn't mean I would not do it. <laughs> I can't mean that in any way, people out there. Uh, it just meant I know better <laughs> than to yeah. stay up till five in the morning if I have to stand and talk to some people for two hours and talk about different cases. You know, it's one of those things that it is fun to go out. I mean, I know that when Nick, let's see, Nick and his wife, like we went out, God, we went and got, we went to this really great, great dinner. And that Saturday night and, you know, we were out till 2.30 or so.
1: Yeah. You get swept up. You get so excited. You see people you don't get to see all year. Like, it's a really fun time. But yeah, I want to do meetups. Um I just, I'm not on like whatever text chain every other podcaster is on or whatever. I'm
0: not either. So don't worry. (laughs) I mean, people are like,
1: oh, yeah, there's a meetup at nine. There's a meetup at 11. And I'm like, where? How? Like, I know how to use Google and I don't see any of this. Like, where's this coming from?
0: Yeah. So a lot of that stuff just is word of mouth. Um, At least that's the way that I figured it out last year. I did mention something to the captain about possibly doing a meetup with. People from, you know, at Passion Case, obviously, they are friends with the people from Gen Y and Tim and Lance and all the other people that have been on the show so far. Uh, Group meetups are fun because they're just sort of, you know, they're so casual and they're not, you don't have to do anything formal. It's just, let's all meet at a bar and drink. (laughs)
1: Like I'm so down.
0: Like that's the way I look at it. And you know what's so cool is that like the actual place that Crimecon is this year is significantly more expansive than the venue from last season's crime con. Meaning there are pools and bars and restaurants and all sorts of things that exist within the actual hotel that didn't necessarily exist at the hotel previously. Now there was a bar and yeah. restaurant and all that stuff, but uh, this is much more of a more of a resort type place, which is...
1: Yeah, it's huge.
0: It's, it's enormous and it should be fun. Like this should be fun. It shouldn't be tons of work. Like it should, this should be a good time.
1: No, and I have so much fun. Like um, meeting people is the best for me like if I had to choose between meeting fans and meeting other podcasters like no offense I would meet fans all day every day like I think like fostering these relationships with people online is amazing and great and I really do feel that support but then I see them in person and like I break down like I it's like my internet friends are real when I see them you know what I mean it's it's just I get so excited and I love meeting them like above everything else
0: yeah I always laugh about that with like the internet friends it's like you know you can you can look at it in so many negative ways but there are so many positive ways to look at it too Uh, if you just filter out the garbage because it's just garbage i mean anybody who insults you or do does this does that you look at their following list or like how many people they follow like it's like 12 like okay you just joined today to be a fucking dick thanks (laughs) thanks a lot appreciate it yeah (laughs) way to ruin my day for being an asshole and you don't even have any friends like
1: i like pride myself on turning people who hate me into people that care about the case and i've done it a few times like it's kind of my favorite thing to do i don't get them a lot but like when i like i posted something on like the phoenix facebook page oh they they um they were posting about how a school was broken into but they had the like they knew who the person was and they were just like look at how sad this school has so much damages here's the teenagers that are responsible like isn't this sad and so I posted and I was like you know like I'm pretty disappointed in the way that you're using your following like this is a case that has a conclusion there's no call to action in this like I was being a brat it's fine like I was having a day and um but I said it in in a professional manner and this woman comes on and she's like listen my kids go to this school like that's not cool like this is a important issue. And I was like, ma'am, I completely agree with you. You know, I, I just wish that they would have included some type of GoFundMe or some type of fundraiser so that we could contribute to this cause. You know, this is what I'm doing with my sister and why I did that. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. And she was like, I read about your sister and I completely understand why you're posting on this. Like, you're exactly right to post on this. That's out of control. That's insane. Like, you're so professional. And I won her over. And now she, like, follows the case. And it's kind of my favorite thing to do because you don't have to be mean. Like, even when people are mean to me, I try to just like, you know, I completely understand why you feel that way. You know, here's why I believe this. Thank you so much for commenting.
0: And that is a very good example of how to handle critique online. But what I will add is that if you spend all your time trying to make people happy, you won't be able to do exactly what you need to be doing but i will give you my own example of doing that exact same thing <laughs> just in the last love week, it somebody was like blah 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 something about audio and this i think they were listening to an episode from like literally when i first started i had no flipping idea what i was doing and the audio i'm sure was freaking terrible and something like i don't know the audio, the audio is too low and like i agreed with her maybe it wasn't that one but then there was somebody who was like something about this. And I go, well, thanks so much for your kind comments. I'm very appreciative of you taking the time to comment on my life. And I'm glad to see that you're doing so much with yours.
1: Nice. (laughs) And it's like,
0: I put that on Twitter and I was like, go fuck yourself. You know, I don't fucking care. (laughs) Go fuck yourself. You want to fucking, you want to worry about like, worry about your own fucking life. You want to do something about like, I, got, I was like, basically respect the fucking platform. You can fucking hate me as much as you want. I don't care. That's fine. You dislike the way that I talk. You don't like my voice. That's fine. You don't like my pauses or my, the way that I pronunciate things. Fine. Respect the freaking platform. Respect the people that I interview. Respect the fact that I bring attention to cases that may not get the attention that they deserve on a mainstream level because i don't see you doing it yeah i didn't say that but but i said everything before that i mean like literally and i was just like i was and i was having a day like i was having a day i was like no no fuck you like that's i don't need to take your bs right now like shut up and (laughs) like get stay in your lane You don't do this. You don't know your business. You don't know how to do this job. Nor do you even understand what it is that I am doing. So shut the fuck up and find another show to listen to. I don't fucking care.
1: Yeah, it's just trolls. Like you can't let them get to you. And yeah, when they're that bad, I usually won't say anything. Um, And then people will go after them. Like, do you know who this is? Like, she's trying to do this. Like, how dare you? And Like, I was in customer service for a very long time in high-end baby retail, which meant I was dealing with Uh high-end customers that were pregnant also. Um, So I learned very quickly how to be someone that is very hard for you to be mad at. Like, if you come to my store and your blanket has faded after six years, that is our fault. I am so sorry that the quality is not up to the standard. What can I do to make that right? And I think that that's really carried over with me through this and it's, it's something that just comes natural and I feel is the right thing to do. And I, I think has really done me a service and it, it translates to everything. Like the way I talked to the cops, like, like I literally just said my first curse word in an email to them ever. And it was like, I don't know what the hell is going on or something to that effect. And it's the first time in 10 years. Like I try to be so, so deliberately logical and irrefutable, if you will, like, Like the podcast, like here's all the information. Believe what you want. I'm going to go over every single theory I can think of, including those that don't include my father. Like I'm just trying to put it out there. But everything points to one thing. Sorry, it is what it is. Like, Mm -hmm. again, just setting it up in a way that hopefully not too many people can be mad at me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not looking at trying to ruffle people's feathers or make people mad or do things this way or that way. It's just more like the stupid shit that people complain about just sometimes gets under your skin. And it's just like, yeah, all I'm doing is this not like my full time job, you know, as much as I'd like it to be like, I'm not there yet. Sorry, guys. Like, if this is what I did every day, all day, then yeah, it'd be fucking awesome. But uh You're going to get a screw up here and a screw up there, a mispronunciation here, a mispronunciation <laughs> there. I'm sorry. I'm not Dan Rather yet. It's just not there. I can't help you. Yeah.
1: It's like, listen, it's 4 a.m. I'm tired. I have to work in the morning. I have to get this podcast out. I've made no money off this podcast. I'm eating ramen noodles for dinner. Uh-huh. I'm sorry if it's not perfect, but I'm trying.
0: I hate to fucking even admit this to you right the fuck now but i literally ate ramen noodles yesterday see
1: I mean, <laughs> this is fucking pathetic <laughs> <laughs> it's not what people think it is like it's, it's
0: great yeah like people are like oh you know it's, and i i do enjoy it i don't get me wrong this is nothing against the, the industry or anything like that and i do believe it is the future but it is it takes effort and it takes sacrifice out of our lives to do that and i don't think people put any bit of thought into that at all uh before they put their two cents online because it's like oh these guys must be making blah 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 no we ain't. it's not like that this is more of a service it's like public access to a degree but
1: we are pbs we are funded by viewers like you um but it's like yeah. I mean, I do feel very fortunate in that I feel like I do have somewhat of a special pass because I am, you know, the family member of a victim and a podcaster. Mm-hmm. So people, I, I think, have more mercy when it comes to different things that they might, you know, say about other podcasters. Like, I feel like I definitely get a little more leeway because they, they feel for me more.
0: Oh, I would I would definitely say that you should definitely get a, a bit of more of a pass, but I, I'm I would acknowledging
1: also, my privilege.
0: I would also say <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, want people to think that i'm receiving negative comments like on a daily basis i'm talking about a handful over a couple of years span um, it's it's more of just in the 100 good comments two negative comments can ruin the batch it's just yeah it's well, just human nature
1: Exactly. Well, it's like when you reflect back on a relationship, right? It's like you don't remember the 5,000 times they said I love you or that you look great. You remember like the one or two things they said that were really mean or horrible or that you took the wrong way or whatever. It's it's the same way with online. You just those comments stick with you more. The thing is with internet trolls that I don't know that all of them realize is that the way that the social algorithms work is if you dislike a video, if you leave a negative comment, you're just helping that person. So like Go for it. Like, comment all day that I did it. Like, comment right now on this and say that I killed my sister. I don't care because it helps with engagement and it helps more people learn the story. So, like, jokes on you trolls.
0: I mean, I've had people say James Runner killed Amy (laughs) Mahalovic.
1: People have said that my dad's the Zodiac killer. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you should look into that. Let's make a series about it.
0: Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I got some land down in uh, Florida in... (laughs) That's that's for sale are you interested? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, it's cheap. It's cheap. It's only like five hundred bucks an acre. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, you know, it's one of it's honestly it's one of those things. It's like you're doing a service for yourself, your family, but you know, your sister, your are you know, you're looking for answers. Um, sure there are podcasts out there that are there to make money and they're there to do this and they're there to do that, but I think there needs to be some bit of a differentiation different oh God, how do I say that uh I guess that's the right word differentiation between the two of one being advocacy and one being uh storytelling like I hate doing stories that are solved.
1: I feel the same way,
0: you know because I don't feel like i'm not I'm not adding anything to the case. What do I add to the case? Yeah, um, I feel well, better
1: when I'm working towards something
0: I mean just. Yeah. I mean, you have to have something to shoot for, especially when there's so much, like we talked about before, about the negativity that you talk about, uh, or talk, or you research, or you discuss, or, I mean, you're just always talking about death and despair and all the negatives in life. And it's like, fortunately, life isn't all dwell and, you know, hell and all that crap. It's not, it's not all that. It's, no. you know, there's more to it and... You know, this is just a part of what we do, but the whole reason for what we do is to find answers to the questions that we have questions about. I mean, like, why wouldn't you want to know and put your father behind bars for something that you are convinced that he did?
1: Yeah. And I, I mean... The police are also convinced. It's like I have to like drive that point home so much. But if if this was a closed case and my father had already been tried or anyone had already been tried for this and convicted, I would not be here today. I wouldn't be telling this story. I wouldn't be doing the podcast. I wouldn't be doing a million interviews because it's not something that brings me joy to just tell the story. What brings me joy in doing this is knowing that I'm working towards actually getting her justice. Like, That's what makes me happy. That's what combats me having to relive this trauma every day, you know, and we talked about, you know, upsides and downsides of me kind of being on both sides. But it's like, another thing is, it's not just the time factor, like it's emotionally draining. And there are days where I just say, like, I can't, I just can't, I just have to step away for a second. And it's not necessarily energy or bandwidth. It's like emotions. so, yeah, I mean, fighting towards an active cause is everything for me, and I, I couldn't do it otherwise.
0: Yeah, I definitely think you need to step away when you start to feel like that, because when you cover cases, I can't, I mean, I don't know how it would be to cover a case that's so close to me, like the case that you cover. But, I mean, I grew up with the Amy Mahalovic case. Uh, she was the same age I was. I mean, it was that case that i grew up with three miles from my house but um when i started the podcast yeah like that was part of the drive was maybe at the very least i'll bring attention to a case that needs more attention and it needs resolve because one that family is not getting any younger the mom's already passed away and the city's still freaking out about it so we need to do something. And I think Renner actually directed me towards that. He's like, do what you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so it's that's how I ended up there.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's super important to be passionate about it and feel like you're making a difference as opposed to just telling the story, which I understand that asset, you know, that aspect too. I'm not trying to shame anybody for what type of stories that they tell, but yeah, I feel better when I'm working towards something I can help. And I want to make this something I do forever. You know, once Alyssa's case is done and I can hopefully have some closure there, I I want to help other people. And, you know, not just missing people, but, you know, um, like wrongful convictions and just anything where there's just a super wrong that needs to be righted I just want to be there and I want to help give people like me resources because there's no handbook for this like I didn't know what I was doing I've learned everything by making mistakes along the way and I really just want to help people avoid some of those mistakes Um, so yeah it's definitely turning into a life mission um, versus just a one-time telling of my sister's story and like people have to remember like i i thought this was going to be like okay like i know this story up and down i'll just retell it but when i got all those documents like that's new to me when i did these interviews with people i haven't talked to in 25 years like that's new to me um in episode 9 i released 40 minutes of my interview with the police and i only heard that like two months ago like i'm experiencing this with the listener
0: Many thanks to this week's sponsor, Podcorn. They make connecting podcasters with advertisers a simple and easy process. And the best part is you get to set your own rate, and you don't have to deal with a middleman. So visit them at podcorn.com. And thank you to Sarah Turney for joining me again in the studio to discuss her sister's tragic case she is obviously an amazingly strong person and is very dedicated to putting the person that she believes responsible for her sister's disappearance behind bars. And thank you guys, the listeners, for tuning in. As a reminder, I drop new episodes of Who Killed every Friday, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, you name it, you'll find it. For the second year in a row, I will be representing Who Killed, Who Killed Amy Maholovic in my passion case on Podcast Row at CrimeCon 2020 in Orlando. Now, the dates were originally set for May, but obviously those have been changed. And the new dates are actually Halloween weekend, October 30th through November 1st. So if you guys want to save on your ticket, you can use my promo code Amy2020. Again, that's Amy2020. 2020 at checkout. If you do enjoy this podcast and my other shows and would like to help support my journalism, you can click on the donate button on the left hand side of slowburnmedia.com. That is slow minus the W. Now you can also contribute to the show via the Venmo app with my username at bill huffman 3. I will also provide a link in the show notes. Every contribution helps keep these Slow Burn podcasts running. Now, if you do leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening, that also helps keep the important cases that I've covered in the spotlight. So anyone with information regarding Alyssa is asked to contact the Phoenix Police Department at 1-602-262-6141 or the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children at 1-800-THE-LOST. Sarah would also like people to use the hashtag justice for alissa while discussing her case on Twitter. That just helps keep her case in the spotlight. If you have any information regarding any of the other cases and unsolved cases I have covered, please contact the FBI at 1-800-CALL-FBI. Now, if you'd like to stay up to date on the shows I have covered as well as the new shows I have in the pipeline, please follow me on Twitter. Part four, and the conclusion to my conversation with Sarah Turney, drops next Friday. So thank you guys so much for listening, and until next time, stay healthy and be safe. Give us a follow on the Impact of Influence Facebook page.